It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 6.08 on a Saturday morning, 73 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful doing whatever you want to do in your landscape. You tell me what you want to do, I'll tell you how to make it better. That's the easy thing. Or if you have things that are happening in your landscape that you're not quite sure what to do now, give me a call, 404-872-0750. 404-872-0750. Have a nice conversation with each other, get your questions answered, go about your business, and I'll go to the next. It works really, really well. If you've never called a radio talk show before, it's not hard. <laughs> you know Ashley Frasca. Ashley Frasca, the voice of Atlanta traffic team reporting here at WSB, and then she's nice and sweet. She'll talk to you for a few minutes, find out your name, what you want to ask. She puts you on a list right here. I've got a screen in front of me. The screen has, you know, various people coming in, you know, their questions, their topics that they want to talk about. And I choose one, answer it. Usually it's in the order received. So if a person has been waiting for 10 or 15 minutes, then we go to them first. So that's the basic thing. Get in now, and you get to the first of the line. Wait till something like 8.30, and we got a long line of people that have to be answered back then. 404-872-0750. Every year, I get plants from various companies who are introducing new varieties and new types of plants they think will do well in the South. And they ship me boxes of different plants and flowers and fruits and things just to grow in my yard. And so I have a long area in front of the house and out by the street where I put these plants and just observe what goes on. And the uh, plant companies get a report at the end of the year of how well their plants perform, at least in my landscape. And I'll tell you one thing that has been overall the worst thing for plants in my landscape. It's real simple. Slugs and snails. I got oh, eight, I guess, verbena from a company who had these new verbenas with different colors on the flowers and wanted me to look at them. And within three weeks, that verbena was nothing but stem. All the leaves were totally eaten up off of it. I put a little saucer full of beer next to the plant, and the next night I had 20 slugs and snails. And I would never have thought of that. I never would have thought that slugs and snails would eat verbena. But there was the proof. They were all clustered around that beer <laughs> rather than eating my plant after they'd already eaten most of the plant anyway. So I learned a little bit myself of how much damage and destruction that slugs and snails can do to plants. I have a lot of drifts of one, they say. <laughs> For landscape designers, you know, they have groupings of plants. Three, five, seven odd numbers usually look better in a landscape than even numbers of plants. And so the landscape designers, when they come to my house, say, ooh, you have drifts of one, which means that I have one of this, one of that, one of the other, one of a, a different variety of a particular plant, and they're uh, a little bit you know, snooty about how my design works. But my design works for research, and that's why I'll never have a garden tour at my home, because it's not the most beautiful landscape you've ever seen in your life. In fact, it is far from the most beautiful landscape you see in your life because it just has drifts of one and two plants that are just put in pockets that I think, well, they might work right here. Let's see what happens. And I put these plants around my yard and 
um, pretty soon sometimes I figure out exactly what they can tolerate and what they can't tolerate. For instance, the uh, copper-leafed uh, coleus that I put in back at the first of the summer, and it got a good bit of sunshine. It was pretty sunny there from um, in the morning until around 2 o'clock, I guess, is when the sun went behind the trees. And that coleus would wilt every day. Every day I come out there and the coleus has got leaves, poor little leaves, all droopy down. And so I moved it finally to a place that got a lot more shade and they are perfectly happy in the shade. So I learned something about this particular variety of coleus and what it can stand, what it can tolerate in the landscape. And I put in some other plants in the first sunny spot and uh, started evaluating them. Again, my phone number, 404-872-0750. First in line, Spalding County's finest, Ms. Nicole. Hey, Nicole. Mr. Ray. Hey, how you doing? Fine, fine. Uh, those slugs, were they walking funny after that? <laughs> you think they sort of wobble back and forth when they get drunk with my beer? Mostly they're drowned, and so they stay right there and don't have any motion at all, and they're, and they're walking. They're not even drinking. They're just drowning it. You know, they must have one little sip, you know, one little, mm, this tastes, uh, and they, they just conk out. I've never really observed a beer, a uh, slug or snail getting into beer to know what their behavior is, but the next morning when I wake up, they're dead, and that's all I care about. Well, uh, this year, I am just um, disappointed in those annual Look because I'm not, I'm just planting perennial anymore. I'm just wasting my time because they get to August and they're just. Well, you know, there are a lot of plants I think that are labeled perennial that in my garden they become annuals because it's you know, the more stressful situation perhaps, or sometimes it's simply because uh, I think they're a little bit too far south. They get too hot and they don't do well in the in the yard for my house. So some plants that are supposed to be perennials turn into annuals in my landscape. One thing I'm really happy about is those sunflowers. Sunflowers Ooh. are pretty awesome. You're exactly right. They've got the little bitty ones that are oh, four, maybe five inches across, and those monster huge 12-inch across uh, seas sunflowers. They are fabulous, yeah. Well, I discover a new thing because I take the sunflowers underneath the uh, the feeder, because yeah. all this is a fresh seed. Sure, sure. And uh, this guy came, like, he's probably uh, 50 cents around, big old stock. Mm -hmm. When it kept halfway, it divided. It probably, like, 10 or 15 head. Wow. And then it divided again. Then I'm thinking, it's like those are the new sunflowers that they eat more, because sunflower for birds, it's a big business. Yeah, sure, of course. So you're saying that the sunflower you planted divided and then divided again, and so it looks sort of like a bush sunflower? Flower? Is that yes, what it looks like? and it's really tall. It's probably uh, uh, a good almost five feet tall. Do you, does it have a name? That's what I was asking. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole thinks she'll call the radio show of that man who doesn't know the names of sunflower. No, I don't know the name of that sunflower, Nicole. Well, that's that's the first thing that I'm thinking that uh, University of Georgia, Georgia's got something to do with. Maybe because so. Because a lot more than one head. That's probably 20 heads, and then it's divided again. Wow. You know, the University of Georgia does have this fabulous... Have you ever been to the trial garden at Athens? Nicole? I went in Athens many times for a speaker, you know, a yeah. lunch and lunch. Yeah. 
But I've never been in the garden. The trial gardens, and this is not the botanical garden, the state botanical garden is a quarter mile outside of Athens City proper, but the trial gardens are on the UGA campus right behind the pharmacy building. For people who went to UGA, you know there's a pharmacy building and then behind that some greenhouses, and they have a trial garden there that gets great publicity and great research done because people, like for me, they send to the professors at UGA and they put them out and they're more professionally cared for than my plants are. And uh, Dr. John Ruder is the guy who runs it now. It used to be Alan Armitage was the guy who ran the trial gardens. But John does a great job. They send reports every couple of weeks of which plants do well, which plants are not so good. And this is free, public information. Anybody that wants to email John Ruder, R-U-T-E-R, and say, uh, hey, put me on the list, they can get an evaluation of plants that really won't be in the retail nursery trade for two, maybe three years. So you can find out about plants way before anybody else knows about them. Well, I went to see Tony if he knew anything about it. Their trial in Griffin, yeah. ooh, they have a big field too, Missouri. That is true, Derek. Uh, across the road from the uh, UGA campus in Griffin, you have that huge uh, sort of environmental and educational garden, I think they call it there. Tony, Tony Johnson uh, does a great job taking care of that. Yes, and they say that uh, they won't release it until they have a name for yeah, it. Yeah, right. you got to have a name. Why don't we call one for you, Nicole? Have you had a plant named after you? Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think I've had one named after me either. I have a dogwood that's called Cornus Walteri, so it has a particular kind of flower and a particular kind of leaf arrangement. And Mr. Walter, whoever he was many, many, many years ago, he had a, had a dogwood named after him. And I have a Reeves Spirea in my front yard that some plant person 20, 40, 50 years ago named Reeves got that spirea named after him, but I don't have anything personally named after me. Well, did you, I know you did talk to the person one time at the, uh, when the, you know, the, uh, the garden show in, in February. Yeah, sure. And this guy's job was finding names. Finding names. Well, you know, there are, there's not as many as for paint colors. You know, paint colors have names that you can't even understand why they would name that color that particular name for paint. But then plants say hey, people can make a lot of names. Extravaganza and Organica and, and you know, Blauenstein and things like that that uh, are named for plants. I'm not into the plant names uh, category of, of trying to figure things out about plants because, frankly, names, as long as I get a common name, I don't worry too much about the Latin name of a plant. Oh, you just like the complicated name. I think you sleep with them at night. <laughs> yeah, I swear you remember all those names. <laughs> Nicole, I got to get out of here. I'm looking at my clock and it says 18 minutes past the hour, so I got to go. Well, it's great talking to you. Later, Edgar. We'll see you soon. 404-872-0750 at 618. You're listening to Lawn and Garden. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Bottom line, more heat for Metro Atlanta today. Afternoon highs in the low 90s and 20% chance of an isolated shower here and there. Tonight, partly cloudy skies again and a temperature in the upper 60s, let's call it. Oof, mm, warm summertime. Stay tuned. Atlanta's most accurate and dependable forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Andre and Snellville, join us on Lawn and Garden. 
Hey, Andre. Great city of Snellville where everybody is somebody. Everybody is somebody in Snellville. How can I help, Andre? <laughs> Thank you. Good morning, Walter. Um, I, I'm wondering, I see in the nurseries that uh, uh, they offer both garden soil mm-hmm. and potting soil. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if there's any significant difference between the two. And would I do any harm if I interchange them? There is a significant difference, and it would do harm to the plants if you interchange them. And the difference is mostly around how fast they drain and how much water they hold. Um, potting soils in general will hold a little bit more water. Some of them have this moisture, moisture control granules in them so that when you water your houseplant, it doesn't have to be watered for another five, six, seven, maybe days. Whereas potting, whereas uh, planting soil has a lot more bark in it, and so it drains faster because outside sometimes you don't want your plants to be soggy all the time. That's I not see, the yeah. case that will happen with the potting soil, but with planting soil, it's slightly different. It mixes in with um, regular topsoil better than the peat moss-based uh, uh, potting soils do. And so there is a difference, particularly as you go to the higher quality things. The miracle grows and folks like that really do a lot of of research to find out which mix of bark and and the other materials, peat moss, the other things that go into them, um, how well they work together and how well they support plants. I've been to at least one, the Fafford plant over in um, the Carolinas, where North Carolina, South Carolina, I can't remember exactly where the Fafford plant is that I went to, but Fafford, F-A-F-A-R-D, is a very well-known potting soil manufacturer and all the greenhouses and folks like that go with Fafford soils, Fafford number two, Fafford number three, uh, potting soils when they get the soils in big, big, big bales. And they were fanatics about trying to make sure every bag comes out consistently. All of them are the same. And so I really appreciate companies like that really making sure the consumer is happy. Certainly, certainly. Well, Miracle Grow is actually the brand I had in mind, but I didn't want to mention a brand yeah. on the air here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Miracle Grow. There are others that are sort of brands that you recognize. Miracle Grow being something you recognize, of course. Um, some of the smaller companies might be good, but honestly, I stay with the big guys that have a that have a lab that know how to test soil to make sure it's good. So that's what I do. Well, fantastic, Walter. Thank you as always, sir. Great talking to you, Andre. You too now. 404-872-0750. Questions about talking to plants. Do I talk to my plants? Hibiscus questions. Hanging plants. Encore azaleas not blooming. All that coming up in the next half hour. Right now, stay tuned for news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. 635, 73 degrees outside. Great morning to start out the day. Of course, it's going to get a little hotter this afternoon, 90 a little bit degrees this afternoon. We look forward to that and plan accordingly. Doug's indicator and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Doug. Hey, Walter. It's Doug. Uh, I let all my inhibitions down and I talk to plants. Yeah. I got a I know the plants less because they grow <laughs> like in my face. 
And I just finished the song 21 years of making a lot fast commercial and this song. Oh, Doug, wait, wait, wait. Uh, Doug, 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 Doug. I can't quite make out what you're saying, Doug. Your phone is dropping out on me real badly. Call again, because if I can't understand your question very well, it's just not going to make our listeners any happier. So, Doug, call me one more time, and let's get that quality of your phone fixed before we talk again. Charles is in Athens, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Charles, good morning. Good morning, Walter. Thank you for helping me several times with various plants, plus sure. my centipede grass. How can I help, Charles? I'm disappointed with my encore. I've put 20 out amongst very tall pines yeah. to get some sun. I put 10 out in the open sun. The ones under the pines are in their third year. The ones under the and out in the open I put out last fall. Got it. They all bloomed in the springtime, but none have bloomed since then. No sign of it. Hmm. Anything I can do? Probably not. I mean, the ones that you put out in the fall are almost almost 100%. They're going through some establishment um, energy fluctuations where they're putting all their energy into making roots rather than I energy see. into making flowers. But in general, if the shrubs are leafy, they're green, they don't seem to be drooping in the middle of the afternoon. Beautiful flood. I would say if they, if they look beautiful, they're going to flower soon, but I can't predict when that's going to be. It's just whenever they get their own act together to live in the environment that you gave to them. Chance they may still bloom this year. 100%. 100% chance. I think that the last, the third flush, I call it, on Encore Azaleas is the one when things are cooling off a little bit in the fall. They'll be a lot happier then than when they're in the middle of the summertime heat. And so I'm pretty sure you're going to get at least one flower. That's all I'm going for. One flower per plant. I think you're going to get one later this year. Well, I thank you very much. I'll, I'll have patience. Tell them hey in the classic city for me, Charles. I sure will. Thanks. We'll see you. 404 Get you in to take Charles' place. Mindy is in Smyrna, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Mindy. Good morning. Hi. Hey. So I have, I live in an apartment complex in Smyrna that has tons of beautiful, very full trees that provide excellent shade right. throughout the summer and keep my apartment very, very cool. However, um, any attempt I have to have any kind of hanging plant out front fails because they're not getting enough sun. Huh, okay. I was wondering if there's a, a, a nice low sun hanging plant that you could suggest, or am I just going to give up? I mean, I would always think first about Boston fern, because Boston ferns, generally speaking, are pretty shade tolerant. And okay. Have you tried them? Have you done that at all? I have not. I've tried, I've tried flowering things. Yeah. Um, and they just all die. Let's try. And this may sound sort of idiotic, but this is what I do in front of my porch is I have tropical houseplants. I have now, let me see, there's Aglinomea, and there used to be a snake plant last year there. But sometimes when I have an extra houseplant, which is just normally going to be inside your home, I put it in my front porch, and they didn't get a lot of sun on my front porch, but they've done well there. Um, there's a plant called heuchera, H-E-U-C-H-E-R-A, heuchera, or mm -hmm. alum root, they call it, uh, pike nursery. And I've got those in pots by the front porch, too. They have done pretty well with no sun, not much direct sun on them at all. Okay. So you've got heuchera and the tropical houseplants, and mm -hmm. let me see, what else would I put in there? The Boston Fern, of course. Boston Fern. Yeah. 
Impatience do pretty well in shade too, but impatience are getting harder and harder to find at nurseries because there's been these devastating diseases. Downy mildew is a disease that attacks impatience, and mm-hmm. the nurseries have just had such a hard time controlling it in their nursery that they don't have enough plants to make it worth their while to grow more impatience for the retail market, so they just stopped growing impatience. If oh, you find impatience, that would be the best flowering plant. Yeah, but impatience is your best flowering plant that I can think of. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. Sir. Go to go to a Pike Nursery and go through the house plant section. See if you don't find something that says this can stand lots of shade. And okay. ivy. I'm just thinking of Boston ivy and uh, other ivies, variegated ivies that Pike sells. They would probably do pretty well too. Sometimes you have to depend on foliage color rather than flower color to give right. you emphasis yeah. in pots. That's what I think you're headed for, Mindy. Okay, thank you very much, sir. Hey, thanks for calling. At 640, we got Elizabeth in Social Circle, Georgia. Elizabeth, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How can I help? I go here every Saturday morning. I have a problem with uh, an overgrown hibiscus. Yeah. It blooms real well, big red blooms every year, but it, it, it needs to be taken out of the pot and to put it in the ground. I need to know how to go about doing that. How long have you had it in a pot, Elizabeth? <clears throat> about seven years. Wow! Got a pot full now. Yeah. So do you know whether this hibiscus is what's called a tropical hibiscus that can't stand the frost, or is it one of the perennial hibiscus that do very well here in Georgia? Do you have any idea which you have? I think it would be the perennial. Okay. So the question is, should you when should you put it in the ground? Is that the question? That's it. Yes, sir. Well, sometimes it depends on how much uh, how much vacation time you're planning in the next four or five weeks. If you put it in the ground now, hibiscus is not going to be happy when Elizabeth has gone to Florida on vacation for a week and doesn't get any water, and the hibiscus just sort of turns up its turns up its roots and and dies on you. But uh-huh. if you're going to be around town for the next four weeks, you could plant a hibiscus in the ground now. Just make sure it doesn't get dried out. Mm-hmm. I can plan. I'll be at home, and I can plan it any time. I just need to know uh, about what time, and then uh, what, how you know what. Uh, it's going to take a big place, I think, well. to put it, get it out of that into the ground because it is a big plant. One of the things that I think successful gardeners are good at is always being sort of they recognize what the weather's going to be for the next three or four or five days. And if you hear a forecast that say partly cloudy for the next couple of days, rain likely in some of these days, that is the perfect time to plant hibiscus outdoors because they get the partly cloudy skies so they don't have so much demand for water. And maybe it rains in in a few days and that waters them in, makes them happier in that way. So if you look at the weather report, sometimes that'll help you to determine whether you should plan today or tomorrow or later in the week. And right now, and it's going to be pretty hot for the next couple of days, so today might not be the best time. Mm-hmm. That said, if I had to do it because I just had a reason for doing it right now, I'd probably do it and keep an eye on the water, maybe water it a couple of times during the day until it becomes established. Mm-hmm. Well, what I wanted to do was to get it uh, situated and it was maybe settled by the time it would start blooming yeah. next year. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's been living and doing real well. Now all the old leaves and blooms have fallen off, and new sprouts have come up on the limbs. Sounds great. I mean, the biggest thing I can think of to advise you about planting it in the ground outside is make sure the ground around it is very, very soft, that you have tilled it up, shoveled it up, made sure it's really soft because the hibiscus is going to want to stay in that same root ball that it's been in for the last five years. Um, it's going to want to stay right there unless the soil around it seems like it has something that 
the root ball wants. It's the roots of the hibiscus want, like moisture, like a little fertilizer, like some organic matter, like some you know air in the ground. So be sure you till up your soil really, really finely in the area that you're going to plant the hibiscus. I would say a hole should it be at least a couple of feet wide and everything really soft inside it to make the hibiscus happy and establish it really well in the ground outdoors, Elizabeth. I got to get out of here, Liz. It's 644, and that gives Jeremy his chance. Jeremy's up in Commerce, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Jerry, hey, good morning. I got an issue with my garden. Yeah, what is it? Garden had too too long, but uh, had some nice squash, some yellow squash, and they've been doing fine. And then my acorn squash was getting almost to the right size, and then I started getting holes in them. Oh yeah. And uh, now it's moved to the yellow squash, and I also found some like caterpillars in the tops of my corn. So they're two different creatures. On the squash, it's very like squash gourds and uh, acorn squash. All of those would have the same critter, caterpillar, boring into them. It's called pickle worm. And they make a little round hole, and then usually they'll push out their um, excrement and other things we call that frass, and a little mound around the hole on the, on the cucumber or the squash or whatever you have there. So pickle worm would be the first one, and corn earworm would be the second one. And the corn earworm of the two is probably easiest to um, to get rid of because you can open up the ends of the corn ear on the stalk while it still hasn't quite gotten mature enough to pick. But you can open up the ends with your fingers, and usually you can find them. And if you find them, you can flick them off into the dirt, let a bird have breakfast there, or you can squish them and uh, put them in the garbage bag, whatever you care to do. But corn earworm is relatively easy to control with just a little stroll up and down the rows of corn in your garden. The pickle worm is the devil. <laughs> it's hard to control pickle worm because they usually develop from eggs that the uh, moth has laid right close to the bloom on the squash or or gourd, whatever you have, and it's hard to put insecticide in a place that won't affect bees. You don't want to affect the bees that are pollinating your squash. And so most folks, if they have pickle worm, will do their best to apply the insecticide late in the afternoon or evening so they don't hit the honeybees with the, with the poison. And some even will just paint it. And I've mentioned painting Roundup on weeds. You can paint insecticide around the tops of your gourds and other squash that you have that are affected by the pickle worm and let the insecticide that's right around the top of the plant kill the pickle worm before it is able to bore inside. Oh, okay. Sounds, sounds like something. Sounds like something. <laughs> if you want some details about pickle worm or the uh, 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 corn earworm, you can go to my website. I've got a couple of articles there about either one of them. It'll tell you some more details about the life cycle and what's the best way to put insecticide on and this, that, and the other. But uh, there's never, never any rest for the weary, Jeremy. A gardener never has a completely happy day. There's always some creature out there who's looking to bore in, bite in, do some damage to your vegetables and fruits. And you, unfortunately, have two of the ones that are very common, and you're going to have to sort of deal with them every year. All right. Well, I appreciate your time. You bet, Jeremy. Thanks for calling. It's 647 at News Talk WSB. Coming up in the next half hour, Derek in Brasselton says he has circular brown spots on Bermuda. We'll talk a little bit more about what those circular brown spots might be. Chris has a question about his cucumbers. They're green. Yeah, and then they turn white. That's not such a good thing. And Scott in Winder wants to know about starting and growing organic blueberries. Can we do that in Georgia? Probably so. We'll find out more details on that in just a minute. Our phone number is 404-872-0750. We'll be back right after this.
This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves for the lawn and garden advice you need. I found my thrill. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Typically, summer in Atlanta, that's what today is going to be like. 20% chance of rain during the day, highs in the low 90s, and overnight in the upper 60s, hot, hot, warm, hot again. That's basically what it's going to be. 404-872-0750 is the number here on Lawn and Garden. You get your full weekend forecast. Comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Chris is in Atlanta, and Chris joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Chris. Good morning. Good morning, Mr. Reese. How you doing today? I'm doing fine. How can I help? Um, I have planted three different types of cucumbers. I have market more, muncher, and lemon cucumbers. And every time my muncher cucumbers come to mature, they start turning white on me. And I don't know if I have a nutrient deficiency or anything like that. What can I do to, you know, maybe stop that from happening? Well, you're pretty smart in the first place to know that nutrient deficiencies could, I guess, cause a fruit to be white rather than green, because if you don't have the nitrogen and the nutrients you need, then the green color just doesn't develop on the skin. So this is not anything like powdery mildew or some powdery stuff on the on the fruit. Is It's just the fruit skin oh, sir, itself they just, is white. They just start turning white on them. How much sunshine do they get? Are the fruit out in the sun where they get blanched out because of sun's uh, exposure? I do, I do have them in full sun, yes. Is there any way you can tuck some of those cucumbers back underneath the leaf to shade it a little bit and see if that does any does any help for you? Okay. All right, I'll look at doing that. And can I ask you where um, I may be able to do enroll in a master gardening program? Yeah, sure. You're local. You live in Fulton County, or where do you live, Chris? Fulton County. I live right up the street from Turnipseed. Call the local Fulton County Extension Office, and their number as far as I'm concerned, is a magic number. Anywhere in the state of Georgia, if you dial 1-800-ASK-U-G-A, and the number one after that, 1-800-ASK-U-G-A-1, it'll connect you to your local Extension University office, and you can leave a message today and say, hey, call me on Monday and talk to me about the Master Gardener program. And one of the Master Gardeners or one of the Extension folks there in the Fulton County office will talk to you Monday. Well, thank you for that information, sir, and thank you for the great work you do on our state. You have a good day, all right? Chris, it's a great thing to do. I do appreciate your, your confidence in my abilities here. Again, that number to reach the Master Gardeners or to reach the local University of Georgia Extension Office, 404, excuse me, 1-800. What am I talking about? 1-800-ASK-U-G-A-1. 1-800-ASK-U-G-A-1. So, what else can you do be doing right now besides maybe fertilizing your cucumbers? This would be a great time to fertilize houseplants if there's any chance that the houseplant has been watered, 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 but never got fertilized in the last four, five, six, maybe weeks because potting soil holds nutrients for a short while and then it sort of dribbles out the bottom of the pot. And your houseplants and things out on the deck and the porch may have been watered or rained on so much that all the nutrients in the soil have been washed out. And so you want to replenish that. I was fertilizing some um, basil plants in a pot the other day. The basil leaves looked really yellow. looked like they just were not quite right yet. And so I put some fertilizer on them, and hopefully in the next few days the leaves will green back up again, and it'll be a lot better nutrient environment for those uh, for those uh, basil plants in the pot. We'll see. 404-872-0750, the number on Lawn and Garden. We'll be back right after news. After long. 